Hello, and welcome back to another episode of This Lonely Bitch. This is season one. I think it's episode 12. This is the podcast about a fugitive in Turkey. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that means I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> Can't seem to leave. Um, there are worse problems to have. Uh, as I'm recording this, I'm sitting on like a cliff thing, looking out across the bay at some mountains in the distance. So there's like this beautiful veil of fog that always covers the mountains and makes it all look very mysterious, romantic. But apparently it's um, just pollution. It doesn't really bother me too much. I used to live in Krakow, Poland, which is known for having terrible, terrible pollution. Um... But the sunsets in Krakow, legit, some of the most beautiful sunsets I've ever witnessed in my life because of that pollution. It makes this, the sky like really hazy. The sunset's always like this beautiful, vibrant purple, but hazy. It looks like an impressionist made it. It's super pretty. Anyway, I'm still here. And I'm still at the hostel. And I'm surrounded by boys. I'm surrounded by boys. As you can imagine, with my father having died fairly recently, to be surrounded by boys has been very healing. It's also really refreshing. I feel, I feel like I haven't had like guy friends in a long time. It's just nice to be around boys. And get to know their hearts. And be annoyed by them. I've adopted two. <laughs> I have two sons now. One annoys me as much as I annoy myself. So I've deemed him the biological son. And one reminds me of everything I love about myself. And we get along quite well. So I've deemed him the adopted son. You know, the one you have because he's going to push you to grow. And the one you choose just because you like him a lot. (laughs) Not that I don't like them both a lot. I like them both a lot. They're great. Someone's having a great fucking time. I don't know if you heard someone laughing. Anyway. I feel like I need to respond to the last episode for anyone who listened to it. Me moping, sitting around, feeling sorry about my mom. Let's just get this out of the way. I am too old (laughs) to be feeling this sorry for myself. I am aware of that. Um, but also, you know, 
I've been thinking more and more about this. And sometimes, like at first I was like, well, she kept me alive. <laughs> that's, that's worth something. No, but then I've been thinking about it more and it's like, not only did she keep me alive, I, I would say that my mother, my mother did every single thing she could think of to do for us and for me. Every single thing. She even tried to set me up with someone to find me a husband. And she chose a good man. She chose a good man from a good family. Um, I didn't like the mother. I, did I talk about this already? I didn't like the mother, but I loved his dad. I would have married him just for his dad. Just to be around his dad. But then his dad died, you know? But she chose a good guy. And he was handsome. <laughs> One of my friends was like, I'll take him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. Yeah, she did everything she could think to do. She did everything she could think to do. She did everything. She did everything she could do. And she learned so much. She figured out so much for us. And maybe... She was just nasty because she wasn't getting the recognition she felt she deserved. The acknowledgement, the gratitude she felt she deserved. You know? Maybe it's just a matter of having different love languages. <sighs> yeah. She did everything she could think to do. And honestly, like, I feel that my parents always supported me as an individual. They always, like, acknowledged that there was stuff that they didn't know. Because to raise a child who was born in a different country, you know, I live in between worlds. I always have. I think that's why I'm comfortable traveling. like you know that started even within my own family I think a lot of people can relate to that yeah I'm still doing calling in the one by the way not really not so much I look at it and I think about it the last episode was about, um, I don't know why. It's like right about something that you lost that like you thought you would die if you lost it. I have answers to that. And I couldn't, I couldn't do the exercise because it made me realize like, well, one, I was like kind of not it didn't like resonate with me emotionally, but not because it didn't resonate with me emotionally. It was like, like, um, it did resonate with me emotionally, but I also didn't feel like I had the emotional capacity to complete the exercise in that moment. So how about I just talk about how I didn't do it? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just explain in great detail all the reasons I didn't do it. 
You can think about it yourself. Do it yourself. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I was telling my niece a few weeks ago that like, since I've left the States, like since this trip, it's like the happy memories of my childhood, they keep coming back to me, the happy memories. And I don't know, I don't know, I was really attached to the unhappy memories, maybe just because I needed to acknowledge them, you know, I needed to like grieve those experiences and like let myself process emotionally those experiences like the roller coaster this um I think he's a psychiatrist Peter Levine talks about he talks about like pain and tra- like trauma being stored in the body and how it's like a roller coaster and you have to ride it out um and when it's when it's trauma it means you're stuck on the roller coaster you didn't ride the ride to the end of the ride. So maybe that's that's really what I've been doing. And since I've been doing so much of that, the excitement of being on a roller coaster, the stuff that you're supposed to enjoy, is getting bigger. Those memories, they're getting bigger. They're occupying more space in my heart, in my mind, in my body. And my niece was really happy for me. But wow, they're so like... Um, a lot more that's surfacing, resurfacing. It's like I have this treasure trove of happiness that I've been carrying around inside of me and it's been buried by my own (laughs) self-pity. Oh, cool, cool story. (laughs) Um. What insights does this fugitive have for you now? One of my sons, the biological son, because I haven't been able to decide what to do. And I really don't want to harp on this endlessly, but whatever. I haven't been able to decide. I said I was going to leave yesterday, but I really should have just booked the flight. Like if I really wanted to leave, I would have booked the flight. I didn't book the flight. I just felt like I needed to talk to my biological son about it my hostile son my fake son who I've been calling my biological son like I felt like I had to brace him and prepare him for me leaving um anyway and I ended up staying of course because if I really wanted to leave I would have just booked the flight and he said he's like I feel like I know you well enough to know your heart And in your heart, you don't want to leave. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? I hate you guys. No, I don't hate them. I adore them. They're great. But it's nice. There is a warmth. There is a warmth. There is a warmth and a safety that I hope I'm contributing to. There is a warmth and a safety here. I'm not going to lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Did I tell you that there was a shooting? So there's someone just sat down. She's on the phone. There was a shooting close to the hostel, a block away. So I was up trying to get some sleep. Not really, just resting early because I'd been staying up late, and 
there's a guy, his name's Nelly. He has a podcast, by the way. Uh, not a podcast, a vlog. It's called The Unaimed Arrow. It's entertaining. Um, so it's a travel vlog. So Nelly was also like taking it easy because he was leaving the next day. And so the two of us were up in our dorm. My biological son runs up and he's like, there was a shooting like a block away. He tells us about it. Whatever he knows, he knows nothing except there was a shooting. Goes back downstairs. One of our other roommates comes upstairs. There was a shooting. And then he, he had been outside for it. So he had a little more information. And then he went back downstairs. And then Nelson and I, Nelly, it's, Nelly is short for Nelson, keep talking about how much we enjoy turkey. And then the conversation goes to, yeah, I feel really safe here. <laughs> and then I pointed out the fact that two people had just come up and told us that there was a shooting, like literally a block away. But still, this is a place where people feel safe, you know. I feel like I've had really good rest here because this is probably the safest I've felt in a while. But I also think that has a lot to do with me. Cultivating a sense of safety and peace within myself, you know? Fertilizing it, nurturing it, tilling the soil. That's also why I want to leave. Like, I feel like... Like, I wanted to stay here because I do feel safe here, but that's a feeling you carry inside of you and you take with you wherever you go. Right? Anywho. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've actually said something that might be interesting. So I feel like now's a good time to end. I'm not sure. I'm also not sure just how self-indulgent this whole podcast really is. (laughs) Mindless self-indulgence. Oh, throwback. A throwback. That's banned, by the way. Um, Okay. I'm going to take off. As Vicky would say, ciao for now. And as I would say, XOXO, I love you, goodbye.